0: The opinions and views expressed in this video are purely for entertainment purposes and not for investment advice.
1: What is up, my fellow goons? It's uh, Kaelin here, Mr. David as always. Looking way better than I am.
0: <laughs>
1: oh, yeah. f- f- feeling worse though, <laughs> I bet. Oh, yeah, were you out late last night? I, it's been a little tough month, man. What time do you usually go to bed? Because I swear to man, I get some messages from you like, three in the morning, sometimes, like, in the middle of the day, like, (laughs) I basically
0: basically take naps throughout the day and night, so there's
1: no bedtime, it's just, uh, yeah. You're kind of like a rabbit, you just sleep for, like, 20 minutes, wake up for half hour, sleep for 20 minutes. Yes, quite often involuntarily. (laughs) All right, well, I'll I'll take the reins on this episode, then, so you can can just relax and, and listen. Appreciate it. All right, so we're going to open up Microsoft Paint here because this is just the go-to to make a lot of money. Um, okay.
0: <laughs> for, for those that want to know, Caitlin's going to uh, give out um, how to design a strategy.
1: I think it's so close. Yes, that yes. So, so I'm not going to tell you guys my strategy because, I mean... It wouldn't work for them anyway. I mean, it would work for some people. Like, everybody's different, right? And, you know, I don't like people enough to give away all my secrets. only david and sam get my secrets
0: (laughs) that's that's not my biggest fear my biggest fear is giving out the secret and the guy coming back going it didn't
1: work no it's user error you dumbass yeah Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly so user error aside i mean like in all seriousness this, this i'm gonna give you guys like a pretty good framework to set yourself up for trading so like trading not investing all right so whether this is you know, swing trading, day trading, you know, whatever your time frame is. This this works pretty good. The longer the time frame, the longer it's gonna take you to accumulate this data. The shorter the time frame, the quicker you get it. So, like if you guys are trying to day trade, you could probably get enough data to figure something out that I'm gonna show you here in like maybe about like three, four months, which you know, again, I'm like, oh, three, four months, that's so long. I want to know how to do it now. Forget that. If that's your thought process, don't trade, you're gonna lose all your money. Okay, like this is this is work, you have to put in the time, you got to put in hours every day, to figure this shit out. If you don't, you're not going to make money like this. It's not a joke. It's a business. So if you're doing swing trading, and you're looking at charts where patterns are playing out over weeks or months, like it could take you a year it could take you two years to accumulate enough data to be uh, consistent. But you know, again, like it took me it took me almost four years to start making money. I think it took David about the same. So you know this is this is not a quick process guys like it's just the reality of it um but anyway so we'll get into this um basically i know i've t- i've kind of breezed over this a couple times in previous episodes but like i wanted to really give you guys like a specific framework that you can use to set up your own strategy. so like this is kind of like i'm assuming at this point you know Generally, how to read charts. You know, you know roughly uh, support and resistance lines. So we're not going to go through that. Like we have, we've talked about that in our other episodes. So you guys can flip back and we go through all that kind of stuff. You know, whatever patterns. I mean, you can Google. You know, what's a bull flag? What's a head and shoulders? Like you know, all that stuff you can find easily. So, um. But the bottom line is like, okay, how do I how do I implement that? Right? Like, if I if I see you know, say a head and shoulders pattern, or I see like a pennant, like okay, I see it. But you know, I saw and I bought the shares and then it sold off or like I I shorted and then I went the other way. Like how come come I'm seeing the but it's not working, right? Like that's the most frustrating part. So now that you know how to read charts, it's everything around that. So I'm going to give, I got them written out here. What do I got? Nine. Yeah, so I got nine things that I like to look at that's worked for me that I think you guys should look at as well. So the first one here, I'll write them all out as your flow, Okay it's right everything like, capitals because it's easier to read. Float. Yeah, really big on float. <laughs> I'm huge on float, man. That's like the it's like float is everything because it's how fast the stock's gonna move, right? It's like it's basically like it, it gives you like a really quick snapshot of like how junky the company is and how fast it's gonna move. So like if something has a lower float, like the lower the float, the lower the market cap, usually the more shit the company is, usually the faster it's gonna move. Right. That's, that's pretty much the bottom line. So, float is number one. So, actually, you know Let's take a step back here. So, how, how do we get to this point where we're looking at this stuff? First thing I want you guys to do is figure out what you want to try and do. Okay. Like, do you want to be a short trader? Or do you want to be a long trader? I'm going, to, I'm going to bias this towards longs because we're in Canada. In Canada, it's very hard to short. There's not a lot of brokers that let you do that, it's very expensive. I do that with my brokers, I pay a lot of money for it. It sucks, so until you really know how to do it, it's probably not the best option. So I'm not a long bias trader, but you can use this to be a long bias trader. So first thing I want you guys to do is, um, let's just talk in daily timeframes, cause it's easier. So every day when the market closes, what I want you guys to do is see what stocks move the most. So you can go on, you know, finviz.com. I'll write that here, you know, finviz.com. Um, You can go on there. It's a free scanner and You know, you guys can play around with how to set stuff up. I'm not going to go into crazy detail in this episode We're just gonna keep it short and sweet, but Findus.com, you know, they have scanners built into there. It's all free. You can just search for stuff. That's you know um, new top gainers David we lost you there (laughs) You Uh, still there? I'm I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Okay. David
0: David just died All
1: right I'll keep going. Hey,
0: I said, even my camera's sleepy.
1: Oh. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll keep going. Cause I'm good. Um, so yeah, go to finvis.com. That's a good place to start. Or you can go like in your broker, like if you have interactive brokers or quest trade or, you know, e-trade or whatever you're using, most brokers have a scanner built into them. So they'll tell you like your top, your top gainers, your top losers for the day. So, you know, if you want to make money, you want to look for the biggest movers. So at the end of every day, look at what stocks move the most, which ones have the biggest gain, you know, take, say any stock that, that is up over 15 or 20% from the open to the close. And then just screenshot it, you know, like for me, like I screenshot everything. So I screenshot, like I have a big framework. So I'll have like the one minute chart, I have the line chart in the one minute, I have a three minute chart and the daily chart. So I have all those kind of like organized so I can, I can save that. And that's what I look at because, um, when you're trying to devise a system, You don't know right away what you're looking for so like you might see something on the daily chart that you didn't pick up in the one minute chart that that affects how that trade works out right so like i just try and capture as much information as i can in each image so that that way when i go back like you know if i get three months down the road of trying to track a system and then all of a sudden i'm like oh i needed to know what this candle looked like on the three minute chart and then it's like fuck, i don't have the three minute chart saved on any of these and now like i either go back and it takes forever, or I got to start tracking all over again. So just try and just try and capture like as much uh, information as you can when you're screenshotting these things. So just do that every day, you know, for for two, three, four months, and just, you know, accumulate a few hundred charts, right. And like, again, if you're looking at swing trading, where these patterns take weeks or months to play out, it's just going to take you longer to accumulate all that data, which is fine, you know, you just have to be a little more patient. Um, so once you've done that, let's just say, okay, you know, I have, 300 charts saved like you know we're we're in october now and like just me personally i think i have like i think i have like 11 or 1200 charts that i've saved this year and like i I have maybe five or six thousand that i've saved over the past four years So like i have a lot of data i still do this every single day i track everything um so you have all these saved. next step that you want to do is say okay which ones like for me it's like which ones are the cleanest like which ones were the the nicest moves like they didn't have a bunch of wacky you know choppy action they were just really nice like smooth moves the biggest gainers and then like let's say you go from you know 300 charts down to like i don't know 150 charts like it cuts in half right so you're gonna kind of start to narrow that down a little bit and then you're going to want to look at it and say okay you know which ones like uh, like overnight gappers for example like let's say you're playing like you know you want to buy at the close and sell at the open the next day like that's that's kind of what you're looking for because you know you're working You can't trade during those hours. So like you just have to be able to look at something, buy it at the close, sell it at the open at the gap up. So you're going to want to try and figure out which ones ones are the best for that, right? So you have this accumulation of data, right? You have 150 charts, say. Next thing you want to do is try and figure out all the fundamentals behind it. Because the tricky thing is when you're saving these charts at the end of every day, you know, you're seeing the chart that's up 200%. Well, you know, if I draw... uh, this is gonna be my special drawing skills again. So if you're drawing, <laughs> if you're drawing charts, you know, long bias. Let's say, just for example, you know, I don't, I don't know if there's a pattern. Let's, um, let's say you're drawing. You know, you you see this chart. This is this is not a real chart. I'm just saying, like, you know, let's just say this is this is what you see. Right? So you see this. I don't know if that's actually a setup. I just. Pull that out of my ass. So So you see this, right? And you have 150 charts that kind of look somewhat similar to this. They kind of go at the same ish time, you know, whatever. Well, the the problem is that you don't know how many charts, you know, did this and then did that, right? Because at the end of the day, this thing's up 20% up here. So if that's up 20%, then this is the only one that you're going to actually see on that scanner. So there could have been hundreds that faded off into nothing that you just didn't pick up. But up to that, you know, up to that kind of key point right here where the stock turns around, everything was insane. I just sent you the real thing. Exactly what you drew. Did you?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. All
1: right. So this does exist, guys. So, yeah, this is apparently a real pattern. I guess I'm just that good.
0: I'll tell you how I did that. It's because like Caitlin saves charts. I draw like a madman on any chart, on any any time frame. I just spend hours and hours and hours studying the stuff.
1: Yeah. And so do I. I mean, like we've both been doing this for years, and every single day we spend hours looking at the markets. Any professional trader would tell you the same thing. We're not even professionals, we just do this like part-time. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so so. This is what's going to happen is you're going to have, you know, say 100, 150 charts, whatever it is of, of something that looks kind of like this. And like, they're all going to be different, right? Like you're going to have all these charts that went up 20%, you know, maybe some kind of look like this, right? Maybe some, you know, some kind of look like this, right? Like they're all going to be kind of different. So what you're going to want to do is narrow it down to the point where you have charts that look pretty similar and you have the highest quantity of them because you want frequency, right? Like you don't want to say, oh, this one moved 200% in a day. But I only have two examples of it over the past three months, right? Like, that's probably not like super viable because it doesn't happen that often. Like you want to have, ideally you want to have like relative frequency of these things. So for argument's sake, you know, let's say this is the pattern that we're seeing um, fairly often. Like, you know, you're seeing it weekly kind of thing, for example. So the next thing you want to do is figure out, because again, we're trying to, we're trying to decipher how can we determine that it's not gonna sell off? How can we determine that if we see this, it's gonna do what we want it to do? Well, that's where the fundamentals come in. So this is why just reading technicals alone isn't gonna get you guys where you wanna be and you're gonna see all these, you know, bull pennants and flags and head and shoulders that don't work out and it's gonna drive you insane because you're gonna say, this is exactly, you know, you overlay the Google image, like this is what it's supposed to do. Why isn't doing that? It's like, okay, it's because of the fundamentals. So first thing I always look at is flow, right? I know I've said this before, but it's really important. So the float, essentially, you can think of it, it dictates how fast the stock is going to move. So the website I use is filingspro.com. So that's that website is going to give you basically everything you need to know about a stock. It's going to show you really quick snapshot, float, market cap, short float, institutional ownership, uh, any filings, any offerings, any, any of that kind of stuff is on there. It's really easy to find. So that's what I use for pretty much everything. So what you're going to want to do is look at the float on these things. So let's just say, you know, you find the best movers are, I don't know, between 20 to, I don't know, 100 million float, right? Like that's when you're seeing these stocks are having the biggest, smoothest, most powerful moves. And then the next thing you want to look at is the market cap. So the market cap basically is the value of the company. So it's essentially like there's... So the float and outstanding shares, first of all, are different. Outstanding shares is a total amount of shares that the company has outstanding, but some of them are owned by insiders, some of them are privately owned. So that, that's not the amount that's actually traded on the open market. The float is what's traded on the open market. So you, know, you could have a company that has 200 million outstanding shares, but the float is 20 million. It's going to trade like a 20 million float stock. So that's important to keep in mind. The market cap tells you, the value of the company, the higher the market cap, the basically the more institutionalized it's going to be. Like the more it's going to have algos in it, the more it's going to kind of, you know, have big time investors, long-term traders that are going to kind of mess with, you know, shorter term fluctuations a little bit more. So, you know, for example, let's just say, you know, I like stuff under a hundred mark, a hundred million market cap personally, but let's just say for this type of thing, you know, use, you find 200 to say, I uh, 500 million market cap. Um, those stocks seem to trade out really nice. So next thing you want to look at is the short float. So why is the short float important? Well, if you're, again, we're looking at this as a long bias trader, you want to see a high short float because the higher the short float is, that is gives you a higher potential for shorts to get squeezed. Okay it's kind of a contrary to what you'd think like shorts are the natural buyers and longs are the natural sellers, right? So if you have a stock, that's really long, heavy, those are the ones that they can just waterfall down like crazy because there's nobody covering their positions, right? Like longs aren't going to buy on that type of panic. And same with, you know, stocks that are really short, heavy, those are the ones that get squeezed and they're going to blow the lid off because. No, like who's buying when the stock's gone up 200% in a day parabolic? Nobody's going to be buying that thing long. That's all shorts covering. So, shorts are the natural buyers when a stock gets pushed up. So, if you're seeing, you know, on all these things, like you're seeing, you know, like I don't know, maybe every single one that you've pulled off is higher than 20% short float, then you say, okay, like maybe 20 to 40% short float. That's kind of the range that I'm seeing a lot of these really powerful moves from, like like AMC, GME, all that kind of stuff. The whole premise behind that was that they had a really high short flow percentage because they knew that they were going to squeeze the shorts and it was going to force them to cover, which it did. Um, this is where it's
0: important to just a little bit important to understand how markets, how the market functions basically, right? In order for you to short a stock, you have to borrow it and then you're selling it into the market, which means right. you naturally have to buy it back at some point and repay it.
1: So, exactly. So like I
0: said, they're, they're they're actually buyers
1: yeah shorts are always the natural buyers especially in the powerful moves like when you get those really big moves there's not very many longs that are buying on those big spikes because most people that are going long like what when, when a stock gets to a certain point like even even people that don't know what they're doing they're thinking okay this is way too high to buy like let's say a stock goes from like you know two dollars Pretty much straight up to like $7, for example, in like 10 minutes, right? Like I've seen it happen. Let's just say that happens and then it halts, right? Who's going to buy that stock? Who's going to buy it and go long at $7? Nobody. But that thing might open and rip right to $20. Where's all that buying pressure coming from? It's coming from shorts that are covering because they're getting blown out of their positions or brokers are giving them margin calls. That's where the buying pressure comes from. So, like for me as a short bias trader, I'm I'm so strict. Like if I see 10% short float, I'm kind of like, eh, I'll probably size down. If I see 20% short float, I don't even touch it. I don't care how good the setup is. I don't care if everything else, I don't care if I have 10 factors lining up. If I see 20% short float, don't care. I'm not even gonna look at it because I know that you know, maybe eight times out of 10 it's gonna work. The one time it doesn't, it's gonna halt up so fast that I'm just gonna blow my whole account. So it's not even worth it. Um So that's, you know, again, if you're a long bias trader, that's a good thing. You want to see a higher short flow. Um, The next thing you want to keep an eye on is institutional, spell it right? Institutional ownership. Sorry, guys, I'm I'm a trader. I'm not good at typing. (laughs) We're all all goons here. We don't need to spell. (laughs) I don't know how to spell, but institutional ownership. So um, this. You can think of as, I guess, almost like a viability, like how, how real a company is. So companies normally that have a higher institutional ownership, that means that they're owned by like other companies or other people. Like they haven't, they haven't real long-term investors essentially. So like if you see something that has like 0% institutional ownership, that means the stock is basically only traded by idiots, right? It's only traded on the markets by people that are day trading. If you see something that's like, you know, 80% institutional ownership that means it has a lot of like businesses invested in it, a lot of really high net worth individuals invested in it. A lot of people that really think this company is worth something. So institutional ownership, let's just say on these long bias moves, you know, you're looking for 60%, um, you know, 60% plus. That's kind of where your, your best moves are. Right. So um, that's just another, yeah, again, it's just another thing you can look at. Like that just shows like, People, people have some faith in this company, essentially, is what you can think of that as.
0: Well, people who have money, who have been educated about money, and who have very smart
1: accountants are basically giving this company a vote of confidence. Exactly. Like, they're, they're, they're investing money into the business to, to help this business grow. So if you're seeing a high institutional ownership, that's a good sign on the long. It's a bad sign on the short side. Um, like, again, I'm, I'm kind of setting, it's funny because I'm a short seller, but I'm, I'm kind of setting this up. A little bit more long biased, but I mean, you know, you you can kind of market cap kind of goes both ways. It depends. But like short float, institutional ownership, like those two numbers, you want those basically down at zero if you're shorting. You want them high as possible if you're going long. Um, The next thing that I look at, I don't put too much weight in this. It just kind of gives me a a bit of uh, information is the registrations. Sorry. So those are basically all your your filings like your shelves your warrants your uh at the market offerings um you know all that kind of stuff. So like if you look and again this is all on filingspro.com so if you guys type in any ticker it'll show you a whole list. It'll show you the dollar value. So it'll show you like, you know, let's say you open a stock and it's got five registrations. It might be like, you know, at the market offering 150 million dollars, you know, shelf registration, give you the dollar value, the amount. So um I don't, I don't put too much weight in that. Like, let's just say, for example, you know, registrations, you want to see zero, right? Because you're long bias. So if there's no registrations, it essentially means that the company is not trying to dump shares. They're not trying to sell stock. They're not trying to pump it to sell to, you know, you guys put out some bogus press release because they got $150 million at the market offering. If you guys don't know what, what offerings or shelves are, it's, going to take way too long to get into. So you can do some Google searching. Maybe we'll do an episode on that later. Um, basically, if you see an offering, it's bad. It means that the company is trying to sell shares to the public, you know, us, you guys to make money for themselves. So that's why a lot of the times when you see these stocks that come up with like a bogus press release, the stock goes up and then it comes straight back down. And then the offering goes away. Wonder what happened? Company pumped the stock. They hit a $150 million sell button made all their money, and now they can coast along for another six months on that $150 million until they have to do it again to stay from going bankrupt, right? That's, like, the really simple way of looking at that. So, you know, for me, like, if I see a re- if I see a registration, if I see five, if I see six, I mean, it doesn't really care. Like, I don't really care. It's just, like, I know that they're selling shares, so I know that's not a good sign. It's good for me on the short side. If you guys are long, the less, you know, if there's zero, even better, right? Um
0: Sorry, do you, do you have a time frame? Because I mean, I, I'm guessing frequency might have something like if you did like six within six months, so basically once a month, that sucks. But if you did, yeah,
1: yeah, time frame has a good like. I mean, there, sometimes because what they'll do is they'll they'll file for the offering with the SEC, and then once it gets approved, you get an effect through. So if you look again, if you look on Filings Pro, you'll see you know like a 424B, which is a which is just like a market offering. Um, if you see an effect attached to that, that means that it's effective, which means they can do that anytime they want. So, what you'll see, you know shockingly, what you'll see a lot of times is they'll have some big press release, like you know, say it's October thirtieth today, and the stock's up two hundred percent pre-market, and you'll you know you'll look on look on filings Pro and you'll say, huh, they had an effect come through yesterday for two hundred million dollars. Hmm, Wonder what they're gonna do. <laughs> you know they're gonna sell all those shares today. So that's why they had the press release, pump the stock up because, If they have, say they have 20 million shares they can sell, then, you know, they don't want to sell it at two bucks, they want to sell them at six bucks. So let's make a, let's put out a press release and we'll dump all those shares, right?
0: You know, we don't have to do it this episode, but I'm really curious if you looked up Nikola, I want to see what they look like, because that's basically they've been at their their MO. Their entire business model was not selling trucks or cars, it was selling shares. And so like every six months they would pivot, like they started with like clean coal, the car was, the, the truck was clean coal and it became hydrogen. It became this and that. It's so like every six months they pivoted to a different
1: new technology. Yeah, that's probably what it is, Cause they're just trying to sell it. <laughs> yeah. like, I mean, sometimes companies kind of have to do that going, like, you know, you see that a lot in biotechs and things like that, where they kind of like, they need to raise money to do the research. And like, sometimes they come out and they become great companies, right? But like at this stage, that's not a good sign, right? So again, you're long biased, you don't see any registrations, good sign. Um, next thing you want to look at is news. So um news to a degree, right? Like, I mean, if you're looking at like, you know, I'm not gonna go into super deep super tons of detail here, but like just try and find some general correlations. Like, you know, let's say every every time that you see it's earnings news. And if the stocks run really well, then maybe that's your best setup. Like for me, one of the things that I don't play is, you know, like anything with like a really famous name on it, like, you know, we had D walk this week or last week or whatever, like Trump's name was attached to it. So like, I'm not going to touch that for a while until it really simmers down because that's got way too much press. It's got way too much attention for me on the short side. Um, same with like, uh, like biotech phase twos, phase threes, I never short those. Like if I see those things up, I know it's garbage. I don't care. I don't short them because I don't know anything about science. I don't know anything about phase two, phase three biotech phase one. I'll play because phase one is really preliminary. It's usually kind of shitty anyways. doesn't really mean much, but like by the time they get to phase two, they're like, they're kind of getting down the pipeline of doing testing and stuff. So like it's becoming a little bit more legitimate. So they might actually have like real buyers come in. So I don't play those, but, that's why like for news, like you guys can kind of, you know, that that kind of comes with just time of seeing what things do. So just try and get an idea of what news has pumped the stock or pushed it up for the day. And then you guys can go from there. Uh, next thing, uh, frequency, I guess we already talked about that, you know, kind of trying to find how like ones that happen more regularly. And then the last one is your risk reward. Yeah, I spelled those right, look at that. <laughs> Risk-reward, that's probably the most important of them all. So where are you going to buy this thing? When do you know that it's doing what you want it to, and when are you going to get out? So let's do a little drawing here. Um, I don't know how to erase that also. so I'm just going to like, oh, wait, there's an eraser. That's oh, going to take way too long. OK. Um, <laughs> I'll draw this one in blue. So let's just say you're going long. You know, You have a chart that looks like this. You know, it dips way down and then there's a bounce and then it goes way up like that. Right. Let's just say that's what you're looking for. So let's just say right rate here is where you are looking to buy. So where's your risk and what's your potential reward now? For me, like, you're, you know, I'd be looking to risk under that bottom. So, but what's, you know, what's your slippage is kind of a really important thing. So. Um, the patterns that I trade personally, all of my top patterns, I know, like I, I play in a specific a, a specific dollar range as well. Like I really like stocks that are between like two to like seven dollars. It's kind of like my bread and butter. Over ten, I suck at, so I usually don't play very much. You know, more expensive stuff I'm not that great at. But in that range, that's kind of my bread and butter. And I know for a fact that if all of my fundamental stuff lines up perfectly, and the chart lines up perfectly, the stock will never ever go 20 cents past where my line is. So I can get in full size on whatever line I'm looking at, which in this case is this line right here, right? This line right at the bottom. So I know for me on my setups that if I get in full size right here, it will never go 20 cents past that level. And if it does, the pattern is not working. So I can size into this accordingly. I can buy or I can short a thousand shares. And I know that my max loss is always gonna be 200 bucks because it will never ever go that far. And if it does, the pattern's broken. It's probably gonna just keep going and it's gonna rip people's faces off or it'll be that one in a million where you get that little wick through, it stops me out, it goes the other way and I'm pissed and I cry and I don't care. And then I wake up the next day and everything's fine. So, <laughs> but then you want to look at your reward, right? So one of the one of the tricky things to find out here is let's say um you want to kind of relate this to your filings, right? And you want to look for the best, highest odd setup. So let's just say um, you know, if I do this in a different color, kind of run into colors here. I'm just gonna do this in red. Let's say sometimes this thing goes like this, and then it comes down and it fades off. So why does that happen? Let's just say maybe In this scenario, your short float is 10% and your institutional ownership is 30% or less. So it's 10% or less, 30% or less. And sometimes when you get those numbers, you'll have this big move, right? You'll have this big move up here. But maybe half the time, you have this kind of little, you know, frumpy move down here where it just goes up a bit and sells off. And if this line here, you know, if this line here, is also 20 cents then you don't want to be playing that because your your 1 to 1 risk reward right so you don't want to t- you don't want to take that move if you know you again you see the perfect pattern you see the perfect base but your short float and your institutional ownership are not in your 20 to 40% or your 60 plus range so your odds of having a good risk to reward even though the chart pattern is perfect is not good so there's two things you can do if you're a degenerate trader like you know we both are you can just size size down right so you could say okay I'm going to size down I'm going to risk 50 bucks to potentially make 50 bucks that's fine right but if everything's lining up perfectly and you're in this 20 to 40 range you're above 60% that's when you can size in full size down here I was just getting really ugly that's when you can size in full size down here because you know that say 85% of the time, you're going to get up to a level where you know, you're know you making 80 cents on this trade, right? Like it always gets to that level. That's why like the last episode we recorded where we we're talking about Tesla and Shiba chart analysis, you know, that's that's your risk to reward, right? Like those are the ones where I can go full size because I trade line to line. So like I'll have a level up here that I'm looking for. Let's just say it's there. It's some daily resistance, whatever. The setups that I play, I know that 93% of the time, you know, we've talked about this in previous episodes, 93% of the time, when I see, when all my fundamentals line up, when the chart pattern lines up, you know, when all this stuff works out perfectly and everything's right in my range, I know that 93% of the time, I will not go past 20% risk and I will hit that next line. So I can get it in full size down here and I can sell full size up here. Because I know that the odds are 93% that that move is going to work. And that's how you make money. Because if you're trying to play these little moves, if you're trying to say, okay, well, everything's, everything's good, but the market cap's pretty out of whack, like, that's when you're going to drive yourself nuts. Because confidence is number one in trading. And this is something that I'm still working on right now. Um, confidence is the biggest thing. Because what's going to happen, and I know this from experience, David, I'm sure you know as well let's just say the markets are a little bit slow. You know, it's not a great long market. Every time this stock comes down, you know, you're not really seeing anything that great. It's been three weeks and none of your fundamentals are really lining up perfectly. And you keep seeing like every day you've seen a chart that does, you know, it does this, it does the little, you know, it comes down here and then it flops and it comes down here and flops. So you're like, you're thinking, fuck, like I keep seeing this and it keeps going up 20% and selling off. Why don't I just start taking this 20% move? And then you'll start say, okay, I'll put, you know, Two hundred shares on here, and you make forty bucks. The next day, all right, put you know three hundred shares, and you make thirty bucks. And you say, okay, well, four hundred shares, and you make forty bucks, and you do this for a month, right? You keep going, and you're like, all right, well, I'll just keep doing this. Like fundamentals, they're not that great, but whatever, it just kind of keeps working, it keeps working. Well, all of a sudden one day you're gonna wake up, and it's gonna go down to here, and it's gonna go to your twenty percent line down there, where your risk is, and you're gonna say, ah, well, you know, whatever. Like, and at this point, you've been doing this so long on these, you know, B minus setups. That now you're at two thousand shares, so you're down four hundred bucks. You're down here, and you're thinking, okay, I literally haven't lost in six weeks. Like, I'm gonna be right. Let's just throw some more on here, pull my average up, throw in another thousand shares. Comes up a little bit, you say, okay, perfect, I'm right. And then all of a sudden it goes wham, drops down. Now all of a sudden you've lost three grand. It's your last six weeks' profits. You know, you're losing your mind. You're pissed. Confidence is out the window. The next morning you're gonna wake up. You're not even gonna want to trade. And that's that's what happens. It happened. It's happened to me a bunch of times. I still waver in and out of doing that. I'm sure David, you do as well. So that's why it's really important. You don't, you know, to to get everything in the lineup. So I mean, that's pretty much I think a good framework to set up your own systems is start with getting chart patterns. Save as many as you can that are the big movers because anything that moves a lot is going to make you a lot of money. You need volatility. You don't. You don't want to be trying to trade stuff that's just chopping sideways, you know, any of that kind of stuff. It's not where the money is. You want to try and look for big moves, look for big shorts, whatever you're trying to trade. Get the best, cleanest charts. Pull those aside. Below, everything. you know, I, I could. Some of my spreadsheets are like miles long because I literally have like two charts side by side on my Excel, and I have all the information written below. And I just have like chart, 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 all the way down for like you know, two thousand lines on Excel. but then i'll sit there you know i'll sit there on a saturday night and relax and scroll through and be like okay yeah these are all good good and i'll just look at the numbers and then i'll look at one like you know i'll look at one and i'll say oh i kind of flip back and say oh the market cap was kind of high on that one and then i'll look at the chart and i'll be like yeah that was pretty ugly like it was really a choppy messy kind of scary looking trade and then i'll just delete it because i'm like i don't want to look at those and then you know you scroll through and you're like all right i got you know, this one's good. This one's good. This one's good. And all the fundamental, like, and then you look at them, all the fundamentals are lining up and then you'll see another one that's like kind of looks a little wacky. And you're like, Oh, that one looks a little sketchy and you look and you're like, Oh, the float on that one was 200 million. And I usually like the trade around 50 million. And you'll say, I don't even want to look at that. And like, eventually you'll get your system so refined that like, you'll, you'll be confident to put size on the right trades. And that's the key because like, if you're always scared and you're always kind of like, you know, like, uh, all right, like, okay, I'll go with like hundred shares or 50 shares. And then you like panic out when you make, you know, it goes up like a percent and then you panic and you sell and you make six bucks and you're like, okay, I was green. Like, this is great. And then, you know, you take a $20 loss, you take a $30 loss, you take a $40 loss. And then it's like the next time it's like, all right, I'm up eight bucks. And then you sell and you're like, okay, I was green. Like, you know, that's the problem is like the biggest thing is confidence. So like if you can comfortably go into a trade, knowing that you have all this data to back yourself that it's gonna work and you have a set risk that you know if it hits that risk then the pattern isn't gonna work like you're gonna be confident to go into the next trade with big size and that's how you're gonna make money like we were just talking about how you know we know guys that trade like 10 times a year because their setups are so specific that they only trade such such detailed stocks that Anything else, they don't even bother with. So that's how you're going to make a lot of money: is eliminate all those stupid losers. That's going to grow your confidence as a trader, and you're going to make way more money, way faster. So just in the last
0: seven months, I literally lived all of that. Like if you remember <laughs> back in the winter, I stopped trading futures because I got into that lull. Trying to first, I was making the twenty percent moves. Then it was the fifteen. Then I was playing the twelve. Then I was playing the ten. I was just getting, and and the more the smaller the moves got, the more I got chewed up. Yeah, And it's because I kept winning. So that I had, I had that expectation of, okay, I only won twice this week. I won three, the last six weeks. I need to keep it going, which is the wrong way to think about it.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's, that's what ends up happening. Right. It's like, and like, I still do it. Like I was doing it like over the past couple of weeks, I found myself falling into this exact same pattern that I'm teaching you guys not to do because it's hard. It's really hard to pay attention to, but like you, you just, you it's just like your range just gets smaller and smaller and smaller over this slow period of time. You don't even know what's happening. And then you're sizing up and you're getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And then all of a sudden it's like, you know, my average profit is maybe 10 cents on a stock, but like one day I'll wake up and I'll take like an 80 cent loss. And it's like, okay, well, that literally just blew the last 15 trades worth of profit. Right. So that's, that's this that's probably the, Biggest thing right there is just knowing what, what to eliminate.
0: The hardest thing is not to trade.
1: The hardest thing is not to trade. It,
0: absolutely. And, I, and I've gone the other direction now too, where it's like, I, I don't take trades that often anymore. Like if we just, if we, if we just look at uh, Bitcoin, I think I took two trades in the last three months, but those two trades were monster. I bought the dip on that reversal. And it's exactly like you said, it's like, because I've seen that pattern. I know most people don't know that pattern. They don't know what a Fulcrum is. And I right. and I have the glass notes, so I have the fundamental information too. And I'm looking at this thing, and I'm just it's just it's all, nothing but positive to me. Meanwhile, everybody's saying it's going to twenty thousand, it's going to twenty thousand. I'm like, no, just full fucking size by the absolute bottom. Yeah. That one move is fifty percent. Yeah, and exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So no it's stress. Like, like, you know, you're trading less, so you're not stressing yourself out. You're not taking as many losses.
1: Everyone you're super confident on, and like that's that's the way to do it. Like you're you can just relax and trade.
0: Yeah, so that's the that that was my two trades. There was the bottom, and I didn't sell the absolute top. I don't know right where the top is, so I'm sizing no. out at looking. I'm looking. I'm looking left. I'm sizing out at the the indicators that I think are gonna start selling off, and and I bought and I rebought. It went up. So I after I left Binance uh, futures, I took my money and I put it into a Canadian account uh, and Dax, and I put it in FTX. So that took both my funds. Each of those are up fifty to sixty percent off those two trades. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like. And and I was killing myself in like February, like just 24 seven on the
1: fucking computer, trying to Yeah, exactly. And then you just like, you just, it just doesn't become fun after that, right? So it's like, you're, you're sitting there like stressing out, trying to play these tiny moves and it's taking up all your free time, like stressing you out, you're making like mediocre money. Whereas if you just ignored all that noise, focused on the perfect setups that line up with everything, all the fundamentals, all the lines, all the news whatever you need to see and then you just go all in on not all in but you go bigger on those ones then you that's where you make your big money like you know let's just let's say on these choppy ones you know let's say you're you know you're making 20 30 bucks for example you're making 20 30 bucks on these like choppy little moves over and over and over and then you take like a 150 dollar loss like it takes you a while to earn that back cuz now your confidence is shot too right so you're probably going to size down and then you keep working in this chop working in this chop but then one day, everything lines up perfectly. Well, if you went big size on that, maybe let's say you make $2,500. Why don't you just play the $2,500 <laughs> <laughs> and ignore everything else? You know, like it, it's it sounds easy, but it's really hard to do. Cause like, it's like we were saying, you spend all this time studying and you show up at the market and then it's just like, oh, nothing's moving today. Nothing's moving this week. Like I'm bored. I want to do something. I've put in all this time and effort to study. The market will give you what it gives you. We can just sit there and just sit on our hands and just say, okay, like when are you going to give me something like just, you know, it's like, it's like sitting at like a, I don't know. It's like sitting at like a bus stop or something. Like you just sit there and you wait, like, like when's the next bus coming? Like, Oh, there, there's a car. Like, Oh, am I just going to jump in front of the car? Like, no, it's not a bus. Wait for the bus. Once the bus shows up, you get on the bus and then you go, right. You don't worry about anything else that's going by in between. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I, I was exact. that was exactly the amount I was making like 50 40 to $50 sometimes 60 bucks per trade on the on the futures but I was doing it three four times a week so it's like 200 bucks a week it's not bad yeah but then this one fucking trade comes along three grand right there I'm in the hole and yeah now, now I have to decide am I going to take that loss or of like you know. <laughs>
1: yeah so it's like not only did that wipe out like a month's worth of those, those trades yeah. or but it it also like it wiped out all that time so like Let's say, you know, you're spending three, four hours a day on these little trades making, you know, to make 200 bucks a week. Then you have that $3,000 loss. It's like, Jesus, I just literally lost 200 (laughs) hours worth of work in like five minutes. Right. And it drives you nuts.
0: That's exactly it. I wasn't even thinking about the money. I was just so like drained because of how hard it was to (laughs) grind up. Yeah,
1: totally. (laughs) It's just—it's never about the money, man. Like, what if I lose twenty dollars or I lose five hundred dollars? I feel the same. I feel like shit. I feel like I'm like worthless. I feel like I lost. I just want to like sit in the corner and eat popcorn and watch movies and go to
0: sleep. (laughs) You know, you know what it's like. It's like you're climbing up this fucking hell, and you get up there, your ass back down. Yeah, yeah. It's like you get to the top rung of the ladder, and then it just
1: snaps off, and you fall down and break your neck. (laughs)
0: Exactly. Exactly. Fuck, man. (laughs) Oh, it's all right. psychology
1: yeah all right let's wrap it up there i think that pretty I'll much up yeah i, I I'm, I'm
0: gonna i'm gonna recommend all the goons study their own behavior because like if it's catching us it's definitely gonna catch them so just watch it
1: yeah that's why every day you know david and i were doing the same thing we're always keeping up with the markets because it ca- it helps you catch yourself like when you realize that things are slipping because like what i'll do is like you know i'll just wrap this up quick but like what i'll do is i'll scroll back like a month or two on all the charts that I've saved. And I'll say, man, every day there was like a plus setups over and over and over and over. And then I'll come up to now, for example, and be like, okay, I'm only, I'm only seeing like one every week or one every two weeks. So like that tells me that it's a slow market and it tells me that I, I, I'm not like my, my patterns aren't not working. It's just a slow market. Right. And then once they start speeding up again, so that, that teaches me like, okay, I'm not slipping, I'm not losing my edge or anything. It's just like what I'm what I'm used to playing just isn't as frequent anymore. So I just need to step back, you know, not trade garbage and wait and just wait and wait. And if I don't trade for a few weeks, then so be it. I don't trade for a few weeks because I know once that setup comes back around, once the markets heat up again, I'm gonna be, you know, I'm gonna be making money every every time again. So
0: yeah, I would say the biggest benefit's been you, uh, or at least having a group to talk to about this so I can get kind of where i'm at and engage where everybody else is at and so you can compare mm-hmm. like oh shit i'm being a little too active or or maybe i'm inactive or the market you know what i mean like you know how how often in i message you all the time it's like how's the market doing like you know how's yeah. the, how's the small caps right <laughs> I yeah know.
1: yeah exactly it's, it's, it's good to just have like you know if you guys have friends that are into this kind of stuff like you know start a chat room like just kind of talk to each other like like people people don't understand this stuff like you know your wives aren't going to get it your friends aren't going to get it like it's it's a really weird niche thing and like you know describing the you know the feeling of winning the feeling of losing like studying like all this kind of stuff like like people don't understand like they don't understand the feeling they don't understand the passion so like if you can find other people that you can just like it's like you know like David and I like we're totally different trading styles like same with Brandon like we all have completely different styles but like just being able to talk to each other about stuff and like you know if we take a loss or like if we're having a hard time like just being able to speak to someone who's, who understands is really beneficial and it helps it, it really has helped my trading a lot. Huge,
0: huge. I got to say like as much as I, I as much as i would learned in the last three years, I probably, last six, Brandon, Sam we're just, we're just all talking together. I think I grew quite the most in that short yeah. period of time.
1: Yeah, 100%, I'm right with you there on that. So, all right, we'll wrap it up there guys. Thanks for tuning in. We will see you next week. See you on the backside. <laughs> yes. <laughs>